There was uh, one student um, today who asked, uh, there's a whole bunch of given terms associated with this topic that we're learning. Are we expected to memorize these things? And I just thought to myself, how can you ask that sent like to say that sentence out loud? Of all the given terms, are we going excuse to need me, to memorize me. any of them? Do we need them? to learn this? Why the fuck am I teaching it to you? <laughs> yeah. Right. Well, whatever. All right. So, welcome to podcast number, number six. six. Yep. Which, by some definitions, would, is what like our. Tenth number five podcast in some in some Who ways knows? of miscounting. <laughs> if you include the, the old sad cast, things have the same cast. Atrocious. We don't need continuity. It's people talking about stuff. That's true. People react this to number five like it's the first one ever uploaded. <laughs> yeah, there's still probably people that would uh, tune into any given video. Oh yeah, on any people. given channel and be like, "Whoa, have you ever done any of these before?" Oh yeah, people are gonna <laughs> like watch every single episode on. and be like, "I can see your faces." Yeah, it's never happened probably. before. <laughs> You're shattering my mind. Yeah, so this is a... Uh, this is going to be a fairly off-the-cuff one, I guess we should say. <laughs> oh, yeah. Just throw that out there right now. Because we were getting a lot of the things that, that we were planning on doing um, aren't for various reasons. Like, for one, you might notice that uh, we're missing a fourth voice. Oh, yeah, Andrew disappeared into the ether. <laughs> He just yeah, that's he's okay. just not here for some reason, and yeah. uh, wandered he, and sees Utopia. So that's out, you monster. I have not had time. How I have so you? many games I need to record, man. So maybe next week. So this is the last episode of the podcast before before re- recorded before Dark Souls Three comes out, right? Yeah, yeah. which has major that's implications. Gonna be... It's going to come out after mm-hmm. Dark Souls Three comes out, probably to be yep. much confusion. But no, we have none of us have played it yet. So we yes. look forward to talking about that too much in episode <laughs> seven. I think. Like yeah, this episode is not going to come out. As mm-hmm. well as we're at, while we're playing it too, uh, oh, yeah. we're probably going to just turn that into half podcast, half watch bird die. Uh, <laughs> Excuse me. From there, I've you seen your track be record. Just as bad. At I've this game. seen your track record. You all would be just as bad because you. It's not like you're naturally going to be great at Dark Souls three. Gonna be a new I'm game remem- for you guys too. I am remembering the DLC for Dark Souls two, and you are substantially more killable than I was. I will probably be comically more effective no, than I both hadn't. of you at this game. Yeah, Keith, Keith is going to never die. I'm going to die occasionally, and Bird, you're just you're Spider, but like not Spider because Spider was like truly bad, and you're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. If it if it goes through the uh, trend that has happened previously with Dark Souls Two and Bloodborne, I'm primarily going to die because I'm utterly shocked by how much shorter the health bar is for co-op partners. <laughs> <laughs> I really hope they don't do that again. That was we went a long time without noticing that existed. Yeah, so it's dropping tomorrow. Uh, Like no, right? Like I think I think we had to play Bloodborne to realize that because we went into a boss fight and the Bloodborne Bloodstarred Beast would literally one shot me, and I didn't know that was possible. And then I then I Uh like I I like back back like backstep that information and be like, wait a minute, my health bar is smaller than normal. And then I went back to Dark Souls two and realized it was always happening this way. Oh my mm-hmm. god. Oh, this no, Dark Souls 3 so is dropping things. on Tuesday. Yes. Right? It's dropping on Tuesday, okay. but Monday what night, hour of Tuesday? Yeah, that's what I was going to ask. Yeah. Is, uh, we wh- probably which played hour it, during the day? Like, like, I can probably play at 9 o'clock at night on Monday, judging by the trends that okay. often happen. It it right. drops tomorrow night. Yeah. Oh. At like 22 midnight? hours. No. So oh, tomorrow whoa. at 6 p.m. for you and I. Whoa. 3 uh, o'clock in the afternoon for me. <laughs> 
Actually, uh, if you guys wanted to do the first hour of co-op, we could do it at, like, 11 o'clock midnight. Because so it's like keep yeah. plenty of time. It's like Tales of Zestaria, where they, they, it's so far off on its time zone, it's basically lying about its release well, date. It's <laughs> it's European midnight. Yeah, but still. <laughs> European yeah. midnight? What is it, like, a metric hours and stuff? <laughs> like, oh, it's yeah, just, we have... We have 10 hours in a day over in Europe. Let's just release I mean, on Japanese. I mean, technically, there are multiple <laughs> time zones there, but I think they're going off of, like, um, like Germany or something. Uh, well, it's I don't know the how... capital of Europe. Isn't Germany yeah, even well, further I'll... past GMT? Like, plus GMT? Yeah, I think it's. I think Germany is six hours ahead of us, which is why it's dropping at 6 p.m. for uh, Bird and I and, you know, 3 in the afternoon for you. Jeez. Lucky bastard. Yeah, that, that's, that's just that's just the day before the release date for me. Like at that point, it's functionally a different release date. Like mm-hmm. Steam think, games normally launch at ten o'clock in the morning in my time zone, so that's only five days, five hours later, and they're calling it the next day. <laughs> well, to be fair, this is a bit of a blessing though, because then the next actual next day, we've got Ratchet and Clank, Stories Path of Destinies. I've got some post-apocalyptic thing, and there's one other shocking that I'm number forgetting. of things coming oh. out the same day as Dark Souls. It's so stupid. Mm-hmm. Like. I mean, kind of, people are just going to open their wallets. It's just hoteling, dude. But with release not, dates. I don't know really. if that's actually a sound economic principle or it's not. It's like when stuff like Tomb Raider came out the same day as uh, as, as uh, like, Fallout 4, or or Smurfs comes out at the same time as anything. Oh, I mean, Smurfs probably, movie burn, I think. Probably mo- most of these things will be totally fine, but yeah. it's just like, it's such a, like, from a consumer perspective... It's such a, like, maddening thing to have a bunch of games that you want to have to play to come out on the same day. And it's even worse as YouTubers, so, like, maybe I'm blowing this out of proportion. But it's like, I'm already just, like, sleep-deprived and stressed because I've been generating so much content to be ready for these things that it's just uncomfortable. I'm just resigned to the fact that when something like Dark Souls comes by and, and, uh, like, a goddamn wrecking ball, it just will ruin other release schedules for other shows and I'll just accept that because I get to play a Dark Souls game. (laughs) I'm the one that goes absurd lengths to be like, four videos today, fuck it, it's Dark Souls, I'm playing it all day. (laughs) So, the other thing is, not a release date, it's a week after, but I've got exclusive access to a game like, a whole two weeks early, and nobody else does. So Mm. I'm, like, trying to capitalize on that as hard as I can. The fun Uh, secret is, is it a game people care about? Yes. Well, I don't. I don't know how well it's going to do. Like, I don't know how popular it's going to be, but it's actually pretty good. It's mm-hmm. like if you crossed a four X strategy game with a JRPG, just in terms of like you know the Final Fantasy battle style. Is this uh, that apocalyptic so thing you're talking about? No, 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 no. no. It's uh, Halcyon Six. I think I told you about it. Um, yeah. But you've got like nice spaceships and stuff. Uh, it's really fun to play. Uh, it's also not balanced great. So uh, oh, you did tell me about this. Yes. Now it, I it's remember. one of those where I'm just being. <laughs> Uh, inundated with aliens until I die, and I'm like, well, I'm having fun doing this, but please just let me have a break now. Because you have all <laughs> these like little colonies you're supposed to defend, mm-hmm. and uh, you've got your own base. And if you go out defending colonies, the alien ships will sneak up and start blowing up your base, and then you run back and fix that, and then they start blowing up your colonies. And so, by the end of it, you're like, your ships are like extremely powerful, but you don't move any faster, and you don't have any more, because there's kind of hard cap on how many ships you can have. So eventually, the way you lose is all of the people on your station are dead. That's it. Like, you just ah. can't play anymore, because all of the, like, guys... So there's that are no, like, win condition for this game? 
No, there's a win condition. Like, it's got a story mode. It's just so brutally difficult that it's like, well, uh, <laughs> we'll come back to this later. So I did a two-hour recording earlier today of the game. I had fun. I was kicking ass, but, you know, eventually it just became too much. I stopped playing. I'm like, okay, you know, I'll restart or you'd figure it out for next time. Because every time I play through, I do it in a more efficient manner, just like any 4X strategy game, honestly. Uh-huh. And I got a nice little email from the developers saying, don't record. We're going to be patching the game tomorrow to make it much more balanced and easier to play. And I'm like, son of uh, a bitch. Time to tell you that you How wasted your time. How many hours did you suck into it? Two hours. I'm just going to put hours, a disclaimer. Yeah, I'm okay. going to put a disclaimer at the beginning of those videos being like, so they patched this. So like, I'm going to whine about a lot of things because I'm getting my ass kicked. Is they that a good idea that. though? People turn on you so hard when you whine about things. I, I, uh, the dialogue was moving so fast in the intro cutscene that I actually started flipping past it because I was just, like, reading half of it and then stopping, and people got mad at me for that, too. And I'm just like, you can pause. Oh, yeah, I saw that comment. Of. Oh, I, yeah. I, 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 I went on this back video and before right. and didn't notice. <laughs> I, I went back and looked, and I did skip past the dialogue, but it was like if the Star Wars, like, scroll thing went, like, three times as fast. So it's like, <laughs> uh, 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 like, that's how it felt. So I was just like, all right, I'm just going to skip past this because I'd like to know, but I can't, <laughs> I personally can't read it out loud. And instead of me just babbling here for, like, two minutes, we'll just skip past and go back to it when they slowed it down. So oh, hopefully wow. they fix yeah, that game, too for the next patch. This game totally has, like, a, like the vaguely, like, like the sort of, like, hyper-detailed-ish pixel art, like, you get from, like, a, a Hyperlight Drifter or something, but it's, like, a 2D, yeah. like, this party you know, of three like, fighting this party of three in turn-based combat. Yeah, it's I'll actually really fun. Star-based commander. commander yep. I see. Yeah, this yes. is an unexpected sight. It kind of looks like Steridon. Yeah, it does. Visually. Uh, that's exactly what drew like me to it. In. Yeah. It, that's what drew me to it originally. But um, one of the neat things about it is you can make an enemy bleed. And if somebody's bleeding, you can exploit that and uh-huh. like hit them for massive damage. Kind of worked that way in uh, Darkest Dungeon, if I remember. It's been a while. Um, but I really like that system because it's not just like, oh, you know, they're bleeding for the next three turns. It's like, no, if you hit them with this move at the end of their bleed, not only did they take, you know, have they taken all the bleed damage, but then you hit them for like 300 damage mm-hmm. on top of it all. And, it, you know, it ruins ships. It's really fun to do. Uh, but, you know, it just needs some work. But I, I'm really excited for it. it. It's it's fun to play. And oh, pretty. Cool. Yeah, mm. it does look very nice. And one of the reasons so I guess that, nice, that nicely segues into one of the first games we were talking, we were going to talk about today. This Hyper? Hyperlight Drifter, yeah, yeah, oh talking yeah, nice looking pixel art. I mean, yep, it's dang. it's stunningly gorgeous. The music is great. Keith hates it. <laughs> I love. It's a good game, but it doesn't. <laughs> I guess that's called a prenopsis. I don't really know how to describe what that was. Wander. <laughs> I have issues with Hyperlight Drifter where I, it should not probably be out yet. Like there's just it's been in development for like what like four years though yeah but that doesn't mean it's done unfortunately yeah. <laughs> unfortunately because yeah. like it, it, like, it does feel like it needed a little bit years, more years you're like you're like I see why it was but when this game was developed it, for how long it was you're like but it's only this long and it has this many problems already it seems weird hmm. like it wants to be an it, exploration game but a lot of the exploration not, not does come down to just rubbing your face against every single wall until it one of them gives out and turns out to be a secret and yeah. like that's where half like the content of the game is it's not like some rare thing that happens it's like the majority of 
the game's content is hidden behind secret walls, basically. And I feel like some of the execution of, like, the, like, oh, you know, if you explore, you find, like, cool new, like, content or whatever. Like what I was talking about with Borderlands the other day, like, exploration and finding content for the sake of finding content. A lot of that is just kind of, like... I don't know, you just, like, end up in, like, a slightly different looking place, and then it doesn't feel guess, like you actually discovered anything new about the I, world. I wish, I wish they either had, like, um, more, like, survival, survival arenas, or, or, like, um, not quite secret dungeons, but unlockable dungeons, kind of like, if you get the hook shot, you can get over to this secret dungeon, and if you go through that, you get new clothes, they give you this new effect. Uh, I don't like the fact that all of the, like, cool stuff, the, like, the things you can find are just hidden behind like secret walls that you have to shove your face into. Yeah, like I don't know. I feel like they, they were thinking, did a bit of a honestly, misstep. Like I, that's, I feel like one of the core so differences here is designed. that, like in a game like Dark Souls Three, I mean Dark Souls Two. I haven't played Dark Souls Three. Uh, <laughs> in, in a game like Dark Souls Two, there's secrets everywhere, but. Mm -hmm. Playing like through the areas is how you find all the boss fights, and how it's how you get through the majority of the content. But there's just little secrets everywhere, so that if you stumble into it, like oh, there's a weird sword here that has like a weird statue head attached to it, and like there's weird little quirks there. Like if I happen to go down that little corner, but it doesn't feel like oh man, I missed everything by not going there. It just feels like oh, there was something neat to reward me for finding that thing. Mm -hmm. But in Hyperlight Drifter. The entire progression system is is telling you constantly, like, there are eight triangles in each of these dungeons. There's mm -hmm. 20 keys in this game. There's some untold number of combo of uh, stat points for you to pick up throughout the game. There's yeah. these weird glyphs somewhere hidden away, and they do something, and maybe. And so, like, so much of the game is about collecting these things that you just have no tools to find, more or less, besides just being <laughs> incredibly thorough all the time. Mm -hmm. Or, like, I think... 90% of people are going to do ultimately is just look up a guide online. Yeah. Like the keys wonder, are one of the worst offenders because unless you're keeping active track and I'm just assuming there's an even distribu distribution in the first place, mm -hmm. it just tells you how many keys you have in the entire game. Yeah. It's like there's 20 and you have three. There's four dungeons. Good luck. <laughs> well, like, which, which, one's, which, which one still has ones to find? I don't know. Yeah. I wonder then if we're going to see, like, I, I mean, I personally am hoping for this, but I would like to see, like, a move for video games to move away from having progress and completion bars, like, just as a thing. Yeah. Um, uh, and yeah. I remember um, Jonathan Blow was talking about the inclusion of the percentage completion in um, his AMA about The Witness, and he said that, for one, he hated it, but he felt like he had to include it, but he was just like, man, why would, how do you, like, measure progress through a game it's not like you say like oh i've uh 80 experienced this book or this movie or whatever yeah well and i, I mean, totally agree his you, solution you was to totally make it very literal and just say you solve this head. many puzzles yeah yeah see i, but is I that like the point? i like games <laughs> when they say you select an area and it says you have five out of six of x and you know it lists the collectibles if you like pull up a little collectible window mm -hmm. that way you know You've missed it. Uh, Ratchet and Clank does that with the uh, the golden screws. This isn't mm -hmm. even a spoiler. This is totally a thing, uh, even though technically embargo. But uh, so it says, you know, this planet has one golden screw you haven't found yet. Go find it. Um, and like, I like it when it does that. It doesn't tell me anything more than this is you. You need to go this direction because you at least have some direction um, of where to look. At yeah, because I know with Hyperlight Drifter. I need two more of those monuments, and at this point, I've just resorted to a guide because I've been through all four areas now, and I have no idea where the remaining two are going to be. 
It's not like there were any like big hallmarks, like a locked door that I was like, oh, I need this mm. special thing to get this open so I can come back later. It's not like the standard Metroidvania where you're like, I know I need to get here, but I have no idea how to get in here yet because I don't have the right power up. It doesn't right. do that. It's just You'll like... Find- it's like some weird looking door thing that has blue eyeballs or something. Then later on, yeah. you get like the super sword stab, and to get it, you stab through a door with blue eyeballs. And you're like, I got it. Thank you, yeah. video game. I Nothing like that like so that much more. Drifter. Nothing yeah. like that. I feel like Hyperlight Drifter could have been improved just by having a different key system altogether. Because, like, they have a weird system where I can like, see the, that. Yeah. There's doors throughout the entire game that just have a requirement of you need seven keys to do this door, basically. Yeah. So you're like, mm-hmm. I need a level seven key. It's like you could find that. That could be the first door you ever find, for all you know. I got lucky. Yeah. The first door I ever found required one key. So from I got this false idea for a little while that, that you were scaling key difficulty based on what order I did dungeons in or something, but that's not the case. No. Uh, no. Honestly, like, it almost felt When you uh, hit a level 17 key door, you're like, what the hell, man? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I found the I found the 24 key door first. So... I feel like the game... I found a 4 bit, key door first. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Which would require you to well, basically 100% complete an entire dungeon to find... Yeah, that's what this. I ended up doing. Yeah. I completed a dungeon before I could open up the door and I then feel like it would have been better just to have like more blue dungeon. doors like yeah. blue door green door yeah. red door oh better yeah. find that color yeah. so if you find the red key somewhere yeah that'd yeah. be great so, and then if you find yeah. doors you can't open you're like oh i know which key i'm missing it's true it's a little like, bit uh, uh, instead of i'm missing 16 keys <laughs> i also wish that the keys instead of just being in like weird secret locations like i'm okay with maybe a couple of those being there i really liked when you went south you had those four mini bosses instead of one big boss I would have loved way more of those just spread out over the game, and that's how you oh, get yeah. the keys and stuff. Because those were mini bosses the best part were my game. favorite part of the game. Yeah. Period. I mean, I, I liked the encounter design. Hyperlight Drifter did really good encounter design. It got frustrating if you Usually. had to repeat an area, but the first time through, mm-hmm. it was fun playing through that game and frustrating. But it's like, you know, the placement to the shooters, the dudes that pop up, it never really felt like it was just like, ah, let's just throw like 10 enemies at them. There were a few uh, usually hiccups. It was like. They're, yeah, they're, they're they're sort of like ambushy moments that weren't quite fair sometimes. Yeah, like the those were kind that, of frustrating. First thing that comes to mind is if I, you go north in the lake region, you get ambushed by toads that will actually throw shurikens at you the moment you enter the screen. Yes, which seems cheap. I know what you, I know what I you're talking did not, about. I haven't reached that region yet. And then in the south uh, area, there's a secret door you can randomly walk through, like you know, like walk into this dark spot of the wall. Yeah. Oh, I'm mm. in the wall now. I and know that one. You get attacked I, I, by like six things inside the wall, and you're like, I can't <laughs> I see anything right about. now. Why would you do this? For me, the first two areas I went were north and then west, which I think are the best designed areas in the game. East is the prettiest, but like north with the shooty birds with the low health, and then the like the bigger ones with the like weird AOEs. I felt uh-huh. like that was that had the most interesting like uh, unit distribution, and because a lot of them were ranged. Oh yeah, and the birds that would dive at you, like. That made the combat a lot more, like, desperate, because you have to be out of the way of the birds, but you also have to, like, take things out, because you start getting mobbed too fast. And I felt like that felt really quality. And same thing uh, with the West, just because you had the dogs, you had the, the two different types of... What were they, monkeys? I always thought they were, like, fox people. I don't people. know. It's, just to interrupt you for a second here, I just yeah. want to point out that talking about the enemies in this game is hilarious, because no matter what you do, you say, like, oh, that dog just shot me, and yeah, stupid that, that stuff like that. crystal dog that tried to like suicide on me <laughs> i keep yes. calling them like divey birds and dogs with machine guns and that's <laughs> what they look like and what they are but it and, makes me sound a like raging an idiot bull, raging bull audrey too <laughs> yeah 
<laughs> anyway, keep uh, keep continuing uh, your point. I, yeah. I, I just felt like those areas were the most well-designed. Actually, mm-hmm. no, the South had some pretty well, good design ones. Those dudes with rocket launchers and the mm-hmm. mechs made things really hard. But at that point, I had the mm-hmm. shotgun. So all I do is just, like, zip around next to somebody, blast them with a the shotgun, and hopefully I took out a whole crowd that way. Also, the grenades are nuts. I'm kind of mad at myself for not buying a grenade yeah. earlier in the game, because holy hell, would that have helped? Is it just me, or did the shotgun kind of throw the balance of the game out of whack really fast? It it did. Uh, so I actually am missing three guns, because I didn't go back. and I, I think I went back and got one, but I'm still missing two of them. One of them dropped from the, the Western boss, Mm-hmm. And I just left it there because I didn't notice it was there and then played for like oh. four more hours. So I've got episodes after so, episodes where people are like, go get that gun. Why haven't you got you that can, gun yet? I'm like, you can like just skip boss pickups on accident. That's yes. That's it, pretty dumb. funky. I know. Yeah. That's uh, super, I, super that's uncalled what, for. <laughs> that's yeah, why nothing, I like treasure chests where it's obvious. Their experience or anything. Yeah. Jeez. Um, but so, uh, but I don't care because I've got the shotgun and the light ri- line rifle and everything else mm-hmm. seems redundant because the line rifles I use for puzzle solving and the shotgun I use for murdering everything. So it's like, it, I it don't see the re- way. Like, I don't know if there's secret see- weapons I never found, but one's a spread shotgun that does absurd damage at point blank range, which is the whole reason to have yes. it. One mm-hmm. is the line rifle, which is like, it's like a rail gun. Like it's all, it's used for triggering specific things only it can. And it does high damage at perfect range and everything. And has instantaneous attack. I think it does just flat two damage across the board, but it's pretty. It's it's yeah, useful. But, but everything else just is just a variant of aim. the pistol. It seems where it's just it shoots projectiles yeah. one well, one at a time that have travel time and everything. There's there's one rifle that's kind of like the shotgun that fires four homing bolts. Oh. but I don't like it because it's like the shotgun, and um, I just rather use the shotgun. Like it's it's kind of the midpoint between the line rifle and the shotgun. Like if you put them to the two together ish. But it doesn't do as much damage and shotgun. Oh, yeah, it doesn't have as much ammo capacity either. So I'm like, eh, I'm not going to be using this. Did you ever feel like you had trouble with trying to press a button that's supposed to do one of your character's actions and just not having it do the thing sometimes? Yes, yes. I have that so much when I'm dodging. Oh, God, grenade now. Grenade, 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 grenade. Please, grenade. Even in my fairly limited time with the game of it eating inputs, yeah. Especially with dodging, dashing, stuff like that. I really wish the the dash was... Yeah, I I wish the dash had like a much bigger sweet spot so you could dash like. Yeah. Sometimes I will be like pressing the button in. As far as I'm concerned, oh Keith, have you gone through the uh, the spike pit area, uh, where you have to not never stop dashing to get through the corridors or no? Uh, it's I've it's the western been to locations H- where you have to keep dashing to make it through. It. It's the Western eight, uh, eight triangle challenge area. You get a green no. sword and a cape or something. I gave up. Okay. I literally gave so, up on the game and just went and beat it because I couldn't deal with trying to complete it anymore. I, I'm completing it just because I got a guide open and I kind of want to, but it, I might give up My game's up too. so broken, I have, to, I have to fight the game to keep playing it in some of the regions. <laughs> I, I was so happy mm-hmm. to actually get access to it once they fixed that goddamn black screen bug. Yeah. Uh, then I'm just like, all right, I'm going to go back to completionism because... I like looking at things. Like for, um, for those that I, I don't think, know, what, what broke me on this game was just that I was already getting super disoriented trying to explore half the areas because you it's hard to tell where exactly you are and where you're trying to go to find secrets and things like that. But mm-hmm. then you hit the point where it's super vague of like, where the hell, which one am I even trying to find now? Like, where do I even look for? Like when you're trying to get like the last one of each area, like at that point you have very little to go on. 
But then I went, what I did is I went to the the east area and I'm like, all right, let's just try to f- finish this area today. And I'm already like hours into trying to do completionist playthrough, like mostly off camera stuff where I do jump cuts and crap because it's just so much damn work to find everything. And I go south and there's two doors. And they both go to the same dungeon when they used to go to two dungeons, because now one of the dungeons is inaccessible because the door link is just broken. So then I try going north, because I'm like, oh, I'll just go to the other side of the dungeon and work through it backwards. But when I go through north, there's a giant gauntlet of toads that attacks you, and one of them never enters the fray, so the door that closes when you defeat all the enemies never goes away, so I can't go north either. So, like, I literally can't... Like I could probably go in a giant circle around the entire map to get towards the dungeon I was trying to explore, but it's like at some point I'm like I can't, I just don't want to deal with it anymore. Like the game loses, yeah. it. I, I lose all faith in the game at some point. I'm like let's just, like I could keep, I could keep feel like bashing my face no against point. the game. Yeah. yeah, like like I can keep bashing yeah. my face against the game to satisfy people online for hitting some arbitrary completionist thing, or I can mm-hmm. just go beat the game and do the yeah. thing that's fun, which is go fight all the bosses in the south and that's- eat it. <laughs> Let's switch gears a bit. I feel like that's going to be how my playthrough of stories is going to go. Because I'm already, like... I've already got the four truths. And I'm ready to move on to the end. But, like, there's still... uh, So, Bird, you probably haven't played this, right? Yeah. Okay. So, choose your own adventure. Mm -hmm. Bastion-style combat. So, kind of Mm -hmm. midpoint between Hyperlight Drifter and Bastion. And, um... So, you can play through it 24 times... And, you know, the story changes every time based on your decisions. But ultimately, there's, like, a couple of core tracks and then variations beyond that. I was going to say, I assume you eventually get railroaded back onto some specific track because that's how writing goes. There there are 24 (laughs) endings that are, like, unique, but a lot of them end up being kind of similar. Like, you get betrayed, you die, you turn into a horrible, evil god and eat the universe. Um, And, uh... Like, it's really fun. The fun surprise is just each... how much of the dialogue is unique a lot of the time. Yeah, yeah. Uh, they have a trigger in there, so you only hear the same dialogue once. Unless it's, like, plot relevant, and then you yeah. hear it again. But and like they record the, a lot the... of idle dialogue for you just swinging a sword at nothing for a while. Yeah, the, the narrator will say a snarky thing and then never say it again. And I'm like, holy shit, you know, I don't have to hear the same dumb joke over and over and over again. <laughs> I love that. They said the jet would give me the jitters. Um, yes. Uh, Ratchet and Clank does that too, but not as well, which makes me no, kind of sad. Ratchet and Clank overrides its own dialogue with other dialogue, unfortunately. Yes. A well, lot. He, there's also, like, uh, I, I'm doing a lot of swimming in the game, and if you're about to drown, he'll say the exact same line every single time you hit the same uh, percentage of oxygen, and I'm like, uh-huh. It's like the sonic da 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 you know, yeah. they're like, you're drowning for spoken dialogue. It's somebody snarkly saying, uh, you don't have gills or whatever. It. <laughs> yeah, and it's just like... Uh, whatever. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, so for stories, uh, I just wanted to mention this. Favorite part of the game, you can throw enemies into each other. Oh, have yeah. you messed in around fact, with that at all? In fact, early on, it's mandatory. Well, it's yeah, it's mandatory early on, but I've discovered later on in the game, as your character gets more powerful, it's not mandatory... It's the easiest way to beat the game. I just huck enemies into each other, execute both of them, huck the next guy into the next guy, and I can clear an entire, like, encounter in about ten seconds this way, as opposed to, like, countering and dodging and all this nonsense. I'm just, like, blitzing around. Just It's like a WWE match, except for I'm... I was going to say, are there other ways to 
fight things in this game? Because yeah, if so, so like, then that's a prime it, example it, it of what's called dominant Batman strategy. Combat. Yeah. It, it basically has Batman yeah. combat. Okay. Well, but dominant it, strategy. You found the thing that yeah. works. It's what you're going to do. Uh, <laughs> yeah. They give you, like, this sword that, like, sets enemies nearby you on fire, but that's just a damage over time. Where if you just knock them on their ass, you can execute them in one go. So it's just like, I'm going to execute everyone, except for these bombs. I chuck them off the edge. I will say that I have two. Uh, I have two of the elemental weapons so far, and I don't find them super useful. Aside oh, from, yeah, like, I pointless. mostly just stick with the one that heals me when I attack things. Uh, the last one, the purple one's really good. It's yeah, not elemental; it just makes you attack faster. It's super hard I, to unlock or time consuming. Yeah. at least it's not even. Well, yeah. not even hard. It's just it's. I'm not there yet. <laughs> it's well the, above the pro- my pay grade. The, the problem is, by the time you have unlocked that sword, your character's already got presumably enough like upgrades that it doesn't matter anymore and you're already yeah. like ridiculous i will say it's nice uh, the game has a pretty extensive upgrade tree of like 20 to 30 yeah. things to click on where all of them look like something i want because that's usually yes. not true <laughs> usually i, I don't care about my like, stamina yeah, meter usually this whole branch is the tree that are like well i'm never gonna explore that one yeah, this one's all useful things. Like, you can mm-hmm. uh, use your grappling hook to rip off people's shields, or you can dash through shielded enemies, or you can, like, increase the th- th- damage of throwing enemies, or increase health and increased energy, increased run speed by 100%. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, the ability They're to freeze these, time uh, when you perfectly counter on something. Yes. There are They're also crystals things. that you can get that level up that give you things like extra attack speed or resistances. Or my favorite is the shield breaker one. Uh, which is why I don't care about the grappling hook to take off shields, because I just hit them, and then their shield flies off like a projectile and kills somebody else for, for me, uh, so is which this is a, amazing. Uh, is this a triple-A game? Indie? Double-A? No, indie. It's That's indie. It's pretty indie. Get yeah. started? Uh, no, I don't, I don't think so. Know, actually. Okay. I can look yeah, I know like nothing about the developers, but I don't think it was kickstarted. What's it called? Tales of Zymphonia? Uh, stories <laughs> Path of... <laughs> <laughs> stories what? I just remember uh, Stories, stories Path something. of Destinies. Story's Path of Destinies, you got it. Yep. Okay. I don't know about a Kickstarter. It doesn't look like it was Kickstarted. Uh, And generally speaking, if something's released on console, then it probably had at least enough funding to not require a Kickstarter in the first place, so there is that. That's often true. Although that's often one of the stretch goals for Kickstarter games. Yeah. It's totally worth picking up. Like, uh, it, it is the perfect... Honestly, in my opinion, it's kind of the perfect... um, like, isometric hack and slash. Like, Hyperlight Drifter is good, and Bastion mm-hmm. is good, but, like, this one feels fun the entire way through, and mostly balanced. The only thing I don't like is you can't counter two guys at the same time. Oh, yeah. Like, Batman style, or Shadow of Mortar style. There's definitely and that's some... when I gave up on countering, because I was just like, Spearhead I'm just gonna get hit. Games. I find I that my biggest about complaint about you. the game is that you quickly upgrade the dash being turned into an attack of some sort. Which yes. has the nasty effect of making your dash lock onto enemies when you don't want it to. So it's like uh, you. So what what will happen is you'll like encounter enemies that exp- that where one hit will make them go nuclear basically, and the second hit will make them explode. And so I'll like oh. I'll accidentally hit one of them, and I'm like, oh crap! I need to dash away from him, and my character will dash through him instead. I'm like, no! And then you just die. So what I do with those since I since I'm effectively just doing the uh, the sumo uh, sumo run. I just dash through them and then mm. keep dashing away because I've maxed out my endurance meter. Yeah. Uh, so it's just like, I, I, huh. I'm I, just throwing units around and staying near none of them for longer than half a second. So the people that made uh, um, this game, this is their third game. Their second game is a free-to-play MOBA. Oh, God. 
called oh. Arena Cyber oh, Revolution. They, oh, they made Tiny Brains. <laughs> they didn't make that game, yes. Oh! I did not know that. <laughs> oh, that's actually... Okay. Yeah, that's actually kind of a good pedigree. They make, like, weird multiplayer hiring, stuff. So... Wow. <laughs> Too late for me. <laughs> They're based out of Montreal. <laughs> yeah. Have fun, bird. I'm not, I'm not moving to Montreal. Are you kidding me? <laughs> I remember this. Well, like, I remember Tiny like Brains the being the Alabama of Canada. I primarily remember Tiny Brains as being the weird game where I saw an image of like a bat that looks weirdly like a naked dude, where his crotch is covered by a giant band aid. And I'm like, what is that monster yep. design? And why did you? Why? It's like it, I didn't feel uncomfortable, but then you add nipples. You had like <laughs> you, they gave him. Uh, they they have a naked looking bat, which is like already yeah, sure. And animals look Water that way in, in video about games. That. But then they gave him moobs Ducks. and nipples and a crotch band-aid. I'm like, no, that got weird now. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't need that. You're never, you're never going to let me live that one down, Bird. Should I? You had a crotch no. band-aid? There you go. No. So Bird was making a duck car on Friday night, and he was distracted. So I went around to the front. I'm like, hey, you missed a spot, as I put two traffic cones right where its nipples would be. Um <laughs> Dogs with nipples are kind of weird looking. I was going to say, where it would be? Um, <laughs> Dominatrix I mean, duck. <laughs> you know, they kind of have pectorals. Do they? Yeah. Well, Tell us about well, them. Yeah, they actually every, have pectorals. Pretty They're much just not like human pectorals. Has muscles has pectorals. Yeah. Tell us about your, your duck nipples, Wander. I also gave it a butthole. They were orange. Bird is pretty done with my shit by the time we were, we were done on Friday. Yeah. Of course. Was. <laughs> it was funny. Like I said, I tasted my own medicine and it was very, very bitter. Huh. <laughs> uh, let's see. We're going to talk about also. Factorio next, I guess. I don't know. Wander, you, you haven't played Factorio you yet, haven't played have you? Yet, huh? Are you planning People to? People have asked me to. Um, I would be surprised will, if you did, personally. I will, if, you, if you two want to do multiplayer with That's it, That's what I was about to Factorio. say. Well, if we all did a co-op thing. <laughs> yeah. Like, we could do multiplayer if, Factorio. Yeah, that'd be yeah. fine. Especially because Catterday is kind of dying a slow back to bird and wander time death. Yeah, and, uh, and I just did robot wanna... points, so I think I'm getting close to finishing the rocket launch <coughs> that is, like, the progression system of the game. Yeah, so if you guys want to do, like, a, a playthrough of that, uh, I'm, up, I'm up for it. But that's the only free time I have in my schedule. Because uh-huh. I'm so busy with Enter the Gungeon, Stories, Halcyon <laughs> 6, Ratchet & Clank, Dark Souls 3... Um, right. Still trying to beat Witch in the Hundred Night. <laughs> yeah, and like, there's more games coming, so I'm just like in this kind of constant state of de- desperate, like, ah. <laughs> I have. Let's see. What does my sheet look like? Uh, Factorio, uh, Factorio, uh, sponsored videos, Banner Saga two, Banner Saga, upcoming Banner Saga two, and like, oh a yeah, week. that's one. XCOM oh, yeah. two, Darkest Dungeon, Minecraft Q and A series. You're uh, not done with Darkest Dungeon yet. No. Do you know how long the game is now? Christ. Do you know how, See, that's why I didn't want to get back it into it, because I knew it was just too... I, I knew I wasn't going to have time. My last one was See. like 60 episodes long, and I've that was like the a, launch early access. I've now got Jeez. FTL. We're about to start... Uh, we have stories right now, and, and Ratchet and Clank. I'm about to start Dark Souls 3. Uh, King's Quest Episode 3 comes out in two weeks. Ooh, fun. <laughs> and people uh, want me to do with, New uh, Game Plus playthroughs of Salt and Sanctuary and go back to finish... Uh, Dragon's Dogma and uh, Salt and do and uh, Undertale. <laughs> Luckily, uh, uh, Stories Path of Destinies. You can literally end that whenever you want. You're just like, eh, 
It's starting to get repetitive. I'm done. Oh, and the quest. It's impossible to keep track of all these games. Yeah, what else is I there? I don't know how I'm going to do it. I don't know. Um, yeah, I, think I, I don't know if I'm going to be able to do Banner Saga. I'd like to, but I just... Mm. Uh, it also would be weird to play Banner Saga 2 without playing the first one. Well, I, I what I'd probably do is next Saturday just do like a binge uh, session. Because mm-hmm. yeah, you, you would have to beat all of the first game to be, to play the second one properly because it's a direct story ooh, continuation. I... I Oh, ooh, that yeah, I'd actually have to start it as soon as tomorrow cuz yeah. it comes out on the 19th, which it comes out in about it, a week. N- wow. Is it the 19th or the yeah, the 19th cuz Halcyon 6. So it comes out a week a from Dark Souls. Yeah. This is a good month for games. And yeah. Early February, late February, early March, late March, all of April. Yeah. Yeah, it's doing the, the only full time Bioware thing to... where it's a direct continu- uh, continuity of a party of characters and stuff like that, and like every other, uh, every single chapter, you're making decisions that may that either are life and death or inadvertently life and death throughout the entire thing. So like, it's kind of if you're playing, if you just hop in, hop into chapter two with no context and no built up stuff, then it's like not what anyone would want, would be looking for, basically. Mm-hmm. Yeah, what what I would have to do is pretty much binge it tomorrow. Which could work because I've actually got some Ratchet and Clank ready. Yeah. Oh, Ratchet and Clank goes up tomorrow, doesn't it? Yeah, that's tomorrow. Uh, or, okay. Or like uh, yesterday, <laughs> from the perspective of people watching this on YouTube on day one. <laughs> um. Welcome to Hell Wander. Video games forever. I mean, I'm okay forever. with it, but like, I would very much like the ability to. Uh, get some nights rest. At least I've got a backlog for Gungeon that's like two weeks long. We have the best and problems. <laughs> endless legend. So I'm getting constantly thrown and surprised by Banner Saga because just relentlessly, every single decision you do, like it's not necessarily a game where you make decisions that like change the entire path of the story. Like you're you're almost constantly like walking across the continent towards some thing that is that is like sort of set in stone which thing you're headed towards all the time so you don't like get to man- manually guide the story all the time but it'll hit you with several decisions per chapter that have huge impacts not only just on like things like 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 uh, the morale of your entire army or your supply level or making future events happen that you don't even know about yet or but uh, also a lot of decisions will just be like right on the spot, you can make a decision that will end up killing one of your party members, regardless of how much you rely on them in your f- combat scenes and everything. It's like it's a yeah, it's just see, a I game like the... that's just kicking you in the face sometimes. <laughs> I Honestly, like the Fire Emblem style, which is the reverse, where it's like mm-hmm. you lose them in battle, that's it. But like an arbitrary decision does not spell their doom ninety percent of the time. How often do you make arbitrary decisions outside of battle, though, in Fire Emblem games? Like, you watch a cutscene, uh, and then no. you fight, and then you Actually, watch another cutscene. So, I, I'm going at this from the, uh, they, they've dumbed it down recently. I'm, I'm t- going at this from the uh, the two Game Boy Advance games, which I think are the quintessential Fire Emblem games, and everything they else has been kind of... pretty fantastic, at least for the ones you've had in the States. Yeah, because... Uh, and then the ones the, that were released in the GameCube, like, right afterwards were also... Was it GameCube? Yeah, the GameCube? Yeah, yeah it, it was. was GameCube, and then the sequel was on the Wii. And those were pretty good, but those were dumbed down. They like, were, just, and then after that, as far as I'm concerned, thrown down yeah, the gauntlet, started at, it yeah. tanked. It became yeah. unbearable. Um, Yeah, I, I beat the last mission of the first 3DS one with one guy that... <laughs> 
Yeah, I was just like, all right, whatever. I'll just a use the main character. RPG where you just roll through the game with one person. Yeah, yeah. Like, you how could was that a game? That. How was that a tactical RPG? But uh, whatever. The point is that people want to have like Mary Sue's. It's a tactical loneliness simulator. They want like the player to be like a Mary Sue that like gets all the girls in the, in the video game. In um in the first one on the Game Boy Advance, which was just called Fire Emblem, but I think it had some tagline that actually mattered. Um, I think it was like the Japanese Advance. version. I think it was genuinely called uh, just Fire Emblem in in, in the in U.S. The because States, it was the it was first one. Fire Emblem. Yes, yeah, yeah. yeah it, it was, was the a, first one that was released here. But it was actually like the seventh Japanese game, probably. Yeah. Okay, I'll I'll look up what its specific name is. But they had um, no reason to think that we Ike. cared about them uh, up till then. Right. Yeah. No, it's no, uh, no, no, it's no, no, it's no, that uh, was, that was the No, no, not Hollywood. It's Hollywood and Lynn and Hector. That's that's who it was. That's the only one I've ever played. Yeah. Rock and No Ken, so the Sword of Flame. That one was awesome because Whoa, if name. you like Yeah. Uh if you if you didn't like do specific actions, like meet somebody in a tent, get to a tent at a specific time, uh do like there was some kind of like arcane things you could do. You would just completely miss out on them not important characters, but like good characters. Uh-huh. Or um, or they would leave or stuff like that. But there were only a couple of them, and usually if you like knew they were coming uh, beforehand, or, you know, you were just lucky, you could generally get by it. Um, but for the most part, you never lose characters arbitrarily. You just wouldn't gain the really cool ones. Um, I'm trying to remember in, um, specific moments. If I remember Sacred correctly, there was often just our secret characters, basically. Like, they'd show up in combat, yeah, was, and you just have to yeah. know automa- something but they ma- like magically yeah. that if you approach them a certain way, they'd join your party forever. Well, it's usually yeah. that uh, it's based off of, like, long-existing tropes in the game. Like, the uh, Merbidon well, character, yeah, if God. you approach them with, like, the, the cleric character, then, yeah. like, well, they, they, they would always, like, introduce the characters that way. Like, they would yeah. say their name or mention it. So, if you're not yeah. reading the game, you're not going to notice it but no there were actually some like legit secret characters that mm-hmm. like never get mentioned in the plot that you pick up but aren't and most like, of them garbage not really not in, um in, not in, in sacred flame in the next one all of the secret characters well, were hot they were terrible yeah well okay so sacred stones didn't really matter because you could also like grind independently of the game and like reset people and do like weird shit yeah that um, was a really weird choice um I- I liked it because it let me actually like train my characters up. I felt like sort of playing. You did have that sort of safety net feeling where it was like, okay, well, at least my character's level 20 and they're like tier three job. So they're not going to (laughs) die. It's 60 HP. (laughs) I I hated Sword of Flame because they'd be like, here's a character. By the way, he's going to die in like three turns unless you save him. And then he's also like really weak until you train him up or give him the right weapon. I'm just like, I want to use this guy because Myrmidons and heroes are awesome. It's supposed but, like, to be hard, they vol- dude. They're not yeah, supposed to be easy. <laughs> I was just, I was just frustrated. But after playing the other ones and you know seeing how easy it was, it's like I kind of missed just how brutal that was. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> well, it like, felt like the game had a soul. Honestly, yeah. I would do arena grinding, and then somebody yeah. would die after like an hour, and I'd be like, "No, That's, why?" This is kind of why I usually play Fire Emblem games on emulator. Yeah, little, oh, yeah, little that, bird pro tip there. <laughs> you lose, yeah. you lose me when 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 that kind of mechanic is part of the it's, it's part of the game. It, it, but it's it's not part of the game. That's only if you're like insane and me. Yeah, but like you can beat that game without ever doing that. Oh yeah, that's, it's that's totally unnecessary to, to grind. When I played the game, I never made any attempt to grind. I think I read. Yeah. I think I had to give up eventually, though. There was an yeah, incredibly I, massive level covered in. 
people with the Drakes or whatever they were called at the time. Yeah, I know the one you're talking about. And the, there was a boss in the top left corner, and I think you had just gotten this the female... This is definitely the first one, right? Yeah, you just got the yeah, female wyvern rider or whatever in whatever. your party, like with mm-hmm. a Scarface. And yes. it was like an impossible mission. <laughs> it was <laughs> yeah. this, it was a huge fight, and it was a massive map, and there was just so many opportunities. And of course, I was one of those people that was restarting all the time because I didn't want to lose anybody. So I'm trying yes. to get this massive, so, horrifying fight without losing any characters, and I just yeah, kept trying and trying. Out, I, I figured out uh, the second playthrough I did, I realized early on that you never want to use the two tier uh, tier two characters. No. Ever. Because they're you know their stat growth is stunted because they only yeah you they, never want you know, to use the, uh, the, bad the time. pre the pre evolved ones to use the so one just use because they're super <laughs> strong early on but then they'll be they'll be shit for the rest of the game basically yeah yeah so I I forced myself to never use them I just put them away took away their weapons and had them stand in a corner if I needed to put them on the battlefield. Yeah. Um, sometimes I'd use them to carry around my healer. I was going to say, they're my useful for slow shit. They usually have uh, horses, so you can use them to yeah. slut people around. Yeah, I, I would I would call them buses. Um, but Basically so, uh, what they were good for. So I did that mission with like a full party of people that started at, you know, level one, got up to level 20, then ranked up, and they just ruined the rest of the game. And I felt so satisfied because, like, I knew what I was doing and I did everything right. Um... It is the kind of game and, with the complexity level where you'd probably... It's like like maybe even your first playthrough of XCOM or something like that where like you just need to learn certain things you. the first time around yeah. so that you can be optimum the second oh, yeah. time. Absolutely. Well, that's totally the way the, that XCOM is designed that way to, for sure, where it's like you will lose multiple times until you start winning. That may be it one was of the, the first door fortress with, with, uh, with the Fire Emblem, though, is that I didn't start over ever. So yeah. all my early mistakes for potential character growth and zero grinding may have totally screwed me by the time I got to what was I think one the, probably the last five missions of the game or something. Yeah, one, uh, one so thing that I, I actually got yeah. stuck on that mission too. That was the mission I ended mm-hmm. my playthrough on. Yeah, one thing um, that I don't like about Fire Emblem games is the uh, RNG with um, stat ups. It's really frustrating to have a character like not get a single HP up for yes. like five levels. And he's just like, yes. why? Why are they, you doing this yeah. to me, game? <laughs> I can't get behind that kind of mechanic at all. No, that they one, balance that, one's super that better by later games. I know. Yeah. I know by the uh, GameCube one and the um, Wii one. I think it was actually just standardized, so you knew what their stats <laughs> Thank would be. You. Thank um, you. For I, video I, just game. Up, I just looked up a walkthrough on Game Facts for Fire Emblem: The Blazing Sword, just for context, to try to see if I could find uh-huh. out about that mission. And one of the first things I see in the table of contents is a whole section titled "The RNG." <laughs> It's nice. it's <laughs> RNG and Fire Emblem is like they're they're probably saying that specifically because they want to talk about the true random system oh, yeah. where basically like they 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 skew results on both ends of the spectrum so that like a, a like a seventy is actually like a ninety percent chance of something happening a fifty is still a fifty because the idea is that it like. It, it kind of makes sense in terms of human psychology to be like, well, you know, if this is a 70% chance of happening, then it should happen more often than not. So they skew it to be like 90% likely as opposed to what it actually is. Which a lot of people hate, but... Yeah. Uh, it is what it is. The funny thing is that it's um, it's designed around the way that... Uh, what, what is it? It's very interesting. It's like... They 
if, if you were just rolling dice and trying to invent a game on your own, you could conceivably come up with a true random system by accident. Uh, just by, like, not knowing what you're doing. And they just purposefully ran with, like, this really bad RNG mechanic because it just felt better to what yeah. they were going for. I forget how it works, but it's like you do two rounds of dice rolling and then you pick, like, the higher ones or something. I forget. I can look it up. And we've been playing some games lately that could greatly benefit from some sort of weighted RNG and we're kind of baffled by the, yes. of the fact that they don't. Like, yes. even in... It's like we've been playing World of Warcraft lately, and one of the weird mm. side effects of the the way they handle that kind of stuff is that they'll just—it's that age-old thing of like, why aren't these boars dropping kidneys? How is this happening? Where yes. we had a we had a quest uh, where we I, I got four of them in a row of the five things we needed, and Wander still had none, and we we're like, and he was like, ah, screw it, I'm higher level anyway. I don't really care if I do the quest. Then in the in the time it took me to get my fifth one, he got all five of them in that spam of time. While I'm just grinding yep. away at like left, ten minutes, turned in the to quest get, get and picked up a new one. Yeah, the, it is. So they, the way it works is it rolls two random numbers and then averages it to give the uh, skewing effect. Huh. Which like doesn't seem like it would make like I don't know. Like if you think about it, like. I don't see how that's going to make that big of a difference, but it ends up making a very unusual difference to the uh, distribution of the roles then. This is dumb, but I, I found the Scarface lady I was talking about named Vida, and I look, I, I typed Vida <laughs> emblem on image search just to get results of that, and one of the first results really just tells you the era that this game existed in. Uh, uh-huh. as one of the first results is a picture of combat, and the corner says unregistered hypercam 2. <laughs> it's like the watermark of like you're using you're using unregistered software to get this this screenshot on the internet. <laughs> I'd like to point out an interesting thing that I really 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 like about the Fire Emblem games. Generally speaking, their female character designs are really cool. Uh, like yeah. their armor and their like, like their female fantasy armor is like oh, usually yeah. so nice looking. Like I, I always like to point to Titania. Um, I hate the game that she's from. But, like, her armor design is phenomenal. I'm just, like, paste it in. God damn it. Yeah. Make me a mod of your chat, dude. <laughs> <laughs> Here. Like, this is, like, the most practical female armor ever. And it oh, yeah. looks yeah, great. It's, it's, it's just someone wearing actual looking. armor. It's, it, but it's still, like, very feminine looking. On the other like, hand, yes. Lynn looks like Kasumi from Dead or Alive. <laughs> That's true. They do have, uh, tend to have some sort of wide range sometimes. I mean, <laughs> Lynn, though, was like a nomad woman. She's not wearing armor, so... Oh, It yeah, kind of works. Huh. Well, generally speaking, they're more hits than misses. <laughs> yeah, it's not, it's yeah, not a crazy yeah. costume or anything. It's just it, it just struck me as the fact that it immediately made me think exactly of the main character of the game that people make fun of the costumes in. <laughs> Yeah, the lack of pants true. is a little weird. Yeah, because yeah. she's got a she's got a no pants blue costume with the front and back flap as the primary cover. I mean, uh, I don't, costume, I'm not immediately thinking of things from other video games. Why would you be thinking of things from other video games? Lynn was 13 or 15 in the Japanese version. Okay, yeah. so they're not perfect. <laughs> but okay. I actually forgot she wasn't guys? wearing pants. Like, <laughs> damn. Wait, 13 or 15? They didn't change the sprites, did they? Because that's a lot of boob for a 13-year-old. 
That's weird. I get what you were saying, but somehow that still came across as really creepy. Japan. I'm talking about something at, that it, in the context of it being creepy. I, I understand, and it <laughs> okay. still can't like she weird. Is, yeah, she said it. No. That seems really weird. Okay, okay. So she's 15 in the Japanese version. 18. Uh, when oh, you first see her in the American in America? That's weird. No, 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 she's three years older in America. That usually yeah. is the case. Yeah, so in the Japanese version, she's 15, 16, which I guess makes sense because I guess they're legal age for... Yeah. Yeah, they all do right. that all the time. That's, that's, at least not always... thir- that's at least not 13. <laughs> like, yeah, so many, a little weird. So many imported games from Japan that have, like, questionable aged characters will say that they're, like, 18 in the American releases. They do this with, like, anime and stuff, too. I have, I have two questions yeah. here, really. <laughs> yes? It's like... On, cause on one side, you have the weird Japanese obsession with, like, a bunch of, like, child soldiers going to war all the time that are, like, underage for doing <laughs> virtually anything. Cause all Harry Japanese... Potter, dude, it's not so Japanese. But in, in Harry... No, in, in Harry Potter, it's a kid going to school, but then scary things happen. But in a lot of anime, it's literally children going to actual war. <laughs> like, Harry Potter goes to kind of war when he's 18 years old at the end of the series. But, yeah, yeah. But Japan's like so many different anime shows about just actual child soldiers. But then there's the, also the weird fascination where they take a character who is largely used in non-sexual contexts, but the moment they get transferred over to the United States, they have to be a fuckable age for some reason. Which gets weirder on well, its it- own level that they have to be sexually legal for some reason when they're not doing anything on the... I don't remember Lynn having, like, any romance subplots that would make that weird. Aside no, from that's the child uh, soldier true, part. yeah. Um, yeah. And, that, and while we're at it, why isn't she 26? No like, why specifically that l- age where it's like, we... Why are we specifically making it the exact age that makes it weird and questionable? It's because after 25, you're a old mentor-type character, as so otherwise. <laughs> like, how old is Oron supposed to be in Final Fantasy X? Oh, jeez. I always I assumed he was, like, 55 or older. But I'm sure I mean, he's, like, dude, I'm sure he's he 32 because it's Final he Fantasy. He could be 18 for all I know. 35. <laughs> he's 35. He's 35. <laughs> he's got yeah, great 35. hair. What? Yeah, I know. And like, how old is Jack? Holy shit, Jack! I think he's say, supposed to be like a million. It doesn't say Jack's age. Okay, that's probably for the best. But it, <laughs> I'm just gonna I'm just gonna put this out there. So Jack Oron is 35. Jack is probably also going to be like 35-ish. How old is Titus? I don't know, 17? I don't know. I guess it works. Yeah, 17 exact. So... <laughs> no figure. Oh, oh chat's saying they get ma- that Lynn gets married. I guess that'd be why they forced her to be a certain age. Yeah, although there you go. It, although it's exactly totally it. acceptable in Western cultures to just have storylines about children being forced to marry anyway, because that's something that happened in well, our own history. I don't think she's getting forced into marriage. Like, I think that that game did just have, like, romance plot lines. Did it? I actually forgot yeah. that it did. Yeah, the I support totally conversations admit it. I could have forgotten everything because I played it when I was 13. Because it was a 2003 game. <laughs> so I could yeah. be wrong about well, some honestly, of this. Honestly, like, the whole, the whole support system in that game was... Like, they kind of tell you about it, but they don't tell you how deep it goes. And, like... It changes the ending I, of the game, right? Like, during the credits, no. it says, like... And Lynn, well, another yeah. person, got got married, yeah. and they had 17 children and opened up yeah. a farm. It, it, like, it changes that. I think, actually, for my last playthrough, I specifically didn't do any, so the cutscene, the uh, credits would be shorter. <laughs> it's just like, boop, boop, boop. <laughs> yeah. 
It was really fast. <laughs> I liked it. I, oh, God, I That's hated Pokemon's funny. credits. They were so long. So, like, after that, as a kid, I'd be like, anything I can do to make them shorter, I will look up and do. Oh, man, I thought I was the only person who thought this. Yeah, every time he bought, fought the Elite Four... You had to watch the credits, and it was like, well, I guess I'm putting down my Game Boy for seven hours while this plays yeah. out. I just plug it in and leave. I don't, I'm done. Yeah. Weird. Actually, no, I couldn't plug it in. Uh, we, oh, man. Did you, you guys, I assume, all had uh, Game Boy Colors and stuff, right? Oh, yeah. yeah. I have a traumatic story about the Elite Four. Well, okay. I was just going <laughs> to mention this with the plugging in stuff. I actually forgot, if you plugged in your Game Boy, I think it would disrupt the battery and shut your game off. Uh, that I was... was definitely a you thing. I never okay. had that issue. Weird. Okay. It, it might have been something else, but I had a friend. We were playing Silver. We got up to the second uh, second gym, beat it, and we were, like, racing or something. And then he's just idly fiddling around while, like, doing a fight. And he just plugs in and unplugs his, uh, his Game Boy, and it shut off. And he hadn't saved oh, yeah. yet because we were racing. If you unplug your Game Boy after plugging it in, then it'll shut it off. Okay, yeah. that's what he did. And so I, I was there having already beaten, what was it? I it was like the bug jam and then something else. I don't, I don't remember. Uh, uh, and he was just like crying and begging me to like trade games with him so he could keep playing. I went home. Trade games uh, with him? <laughs> yeah. How did you meet like this, like the worst people to play games with as a he kid? Is, uh, he, I mean, he was raised by nannies. His parents were like two high powered lawyers. So like he saw them maybe once every couple of days so uh the entitlement was strong dang yeah huh. he was mad rich though so yeah I get he's to watch probably him happier play a lot of way more games. successful than any of us now. no no Why? uh so we in college Cocaine, my dude. roommate my <laughs> my my roommate in uh my roommate in college was from the same town that i was when i lived in california yeah. and so he was telling me about all my old friends and what happened to them what and so for this, this guy dude? specifically, everybody called him the prince, and he had, like, no friends because he was too stuck up to have any. But and I was like, yeah, that but, sounds about right. Okay. That, that's it. Okay. What? I bet the cocaine made it of... better. I, you know what? I have not looked into that. Also high school, so I don't know about cocaine. I'm just baffled by the idea of a real human being have that kind of reputation and not being an actual anime character. <laughs> I had friends in middle <laughs> yeah, school with math. Like he, like he's he's too he's too rich. Well, and you're stuff from New Mexico. Calls him the prince. Who doesn't Mexico. talk to him. <laughs> yeah, everybody in California like, in chat says that sounds like an anime plot. <laughs> uh, it does. Jeez, it really does. Um, he My, had a rhyme, but I don't remember. Oh no, he had a rhyme, but I can't recite it without actually saying the guy's name. But they're, yeah, they're like high schoolers actually had a rhyme to make fun of him. I was like, wow, wow, I. Wow! Make fun of that's like high schoolers. Like, I know wow. for one. Also, well, make fun of somebody who's rich. Like I was gonna say dang. that's effort, but then I well, remembered it's no, high everybody was rich. That's was the point. Over that. Oh, fair enough. Yeah. Like this is not the kind of town you can live in and be gotcha. making like lower I than it was X like, They were like the token rich guy in school, and everyone was making fun of him, which would no, be like, you, huh? Seems kind of like a. A weird no, thing to criticize his, somebody over. His, his parents just gave him everything. And from my perspective, where my parents gave me very little, he was rich and I was not. Even though, ultimately, I have no idea what the socioeconomic state of my family is, because they don't buy shit. Uh, we cut down trees to heat our house, so... Because uh, hmm. you live in the coldest state next to Maine. Well, no, Minnesota is the coldest, other than Alaska and... 
they did North that Dakota? Too. I'm not a scientist. I'm not some climatologist, weatherman, meteorologist <laughs> bastard. Yeah, uh, I'm just Maine, I just know that Maine where you actually, live right now is freezing. Yeah, it is cold. I, was I am a scientist. I have no idea what the answer is. Uh, well, since well, it's along rocks. the since it's I'm along the seaboard, too. the uh, your <laughs> temperature <laughs> of like Massachusetts and Maine are warmer than like Minnesota and stuff because Minnesota has nothing. True. It's just Purple says lakes. I'm not a scientist. He's full of crap. I'm totally a scientist. Computer science does not count as science. It's a science, man. No, it doesn't. A, if you get, if I get a doctorate in art, if I get a doctorate in art, I am not a doctor. <laughs> no, I had no, a no, teacher no, that had a doctorate in art. I made fun of him for that. I'm Don't they still get to call yeah. you a doctor though? Doesn't that, doesn't, yeah. that be, yeah. doesn't that become the prefix for it? Yeah. It is. It is the proper terminology. He's talking about a medical still, doctor, though. Yeah, yeah. It's still goofy. But I'm just to, saying, like, uh, a computer science is definitely definitely makes me a scientist. I'm if sure. You're, if you're saying that I'm not a scientist, then you're saying mathematicians aren't scientists. Are you prepared to Are, they are you prepared to cross that? Cross that. Now one? I'm trying to figure out how to define science. Yeah, this is usually what it boils down to when I bring up this incredibly trolly point. Oh, yeah. Is that people are like, well, you know, is math science? I don't know. Are you a semantic say. scientist? <laughs> Son of a bitch. Uh, I'm a semantic <laughs> troll. I know just okay. enough about semantics to, to argue. Guys, <laughs> I, this is completely irrelevant. I'm going to send you the, the link to the Titus Go, go figure. The Wicked last page. 20 minutes of every single podcast we record dissolves into I don't even know what we're talking rambling. about. <laughs> Yeah. Okay. I, I just wanted to bring us up back to Final Fantasy X for a second. Uh, scroll sure. down to the personality section of the Titus page and oh, look no. at that picture. Why is there like a two paragraph on pronunciation? The game is voice acted. <laughs> no, it, no, they but, never say yeah, his name. No one says his name, you and everyone argues him. about he, whether his name Titus or Titus. Oh, right. Huh. Although in my name, He's he was, just my his name Keith guy. <laughs> Titus is upbeat and carefree, and at first appears childish. He turns no, more no. serious when things look get at, hectic. Look at that image next to him. Look oh at the my. reflection. <laughs> I've been staring at that idly, getting more and more annoyed, and I couldn't figure out why until I realized the reflection is just the image doubled, and it's pissing me off. It's offset very slightly, but also... No, it's not showing the bottom of his shoe, and it's offset slightly. Oh, yeah. That's what I said. It is. Oh, wow. It isn't the bottom of the shoe. Yeah. It's just literally the image flipped and, like, kind of faded. Huh. I, uh. This is a very boring topic to talk about. <laughs> it just noticed it. It's I guess I should put on display cameras so that people can see this, yeah, on, the, like, this is on the face cam now. It's better than listening to Bird quibble about whether or not he's a scientist. Keith's the only scientist we have here. I just had the realization that we're talking about that, though, like, on a podcast. I'm like, oh, we need to stop this. We need to stop yeah, talking we about probably this guy's do. reflection on the floor. <laughs> Dear Lord. But, like, on I'm the uh, to Pokemon topic... This- one of the big things that almost shut down my love of Pokemon when I was a kid is that I got to the Elite Four and I was fighting them and I dropped my Game Boy and the battery came out and it wiped my save. Oh, the battery came out? Yeah. Ugh. Oh. So I, did, so I, I had that I happen with missing though, but that was my fault. The game. It, that was the longest game I'd ever played at that point and I had to start oh, the yeah. entire thing over. <laughs> so... Yeah, like if the battery pops out, your save is gone because the the battery is what powered the uh, the save file in those old cartridge games, huh? Oh no, it was the battery of the Game Boy. 
Oh. Oh, this is just that's bad. Like the battery, the bat, the triple, the double A is popping out the wrong time. Apparently, just wipes your save, and you're yep. just screwed. <laughs> I'm like, holy fuck! And then, so then, imagine me for the rest of my childhood and teenage years being really jumpy about that goddamn "don't turn this off at the wrong time" message that shows up in every goddamn game <laughs> and, has, and has you, never been relevant again in my life. <laughs> I picture you just smoking a cigarette and being like, "I know what happens. <laughs> I've had it happen." <laughs> I've covered wars, you know. Just like it goes, it goes noir for a second. Just like mm-hmm. he's just like jazz, looking like at a mournful of jazz a in the background. Let me tell you about the underbelly of this dark city. <laughs> Stroking a framed picture of a Pikachu. Oh god, it's cracked. We, we really need to do like a Pokemon race of some variety. Why? Because why? Because it would be hilarious. Why? Just like two Pewter City. That'd be it. That would take so little time. That's the first one, right? Yeah. Yeah. That's okay, like fine. half an hour and further. you have to go through Viridian Forest. Yeah. First person to make it through that stupid cave with all the zoo bats. Okay. That's a I race f- I can get behind. I feel yeah. like <laughs> I feel like Pokemon and Zelda are just the two things that I don't need anyone to see me play. I thought you said you wanted to do a Zelda playthrough with me. Yeah. I th- I always think about it, and then I also think about never doing it. <laughs> I think that if See, we did a Zelda playthrough, play like... what, what I'd want to do is that the two of us play the entirety of the Zelda game without uploading any of it until it's done, so I'm that okay all the that. backseat gaming can never ruin our fun of the game or anything that's going oh, yeah. on. Absolutely. Because doing one session of Zelda and uploading that and then having everyone screaming at us and then having to go back to play it more would be the worst feeling. <laughs> Yes, because we don't well, know. I mean, the, we don't know about these games. The nice thing with old games that you don't need to get out soon is, I mean, you can just sit on that footage forever. Yeah, and there's supposed to be games about discovery and having fun and exploring. But I'm watching, uh, like, I, I, anytime I see like the Game Grumps play any Zelda game at all, basically, it's just people oh, screaming yeah. the whole time. God, he made no. You said about every game, dude. Yeah. Like every video, every, all the comments are just screaming about how they made no progress in that video, or oh, I can't believe they don't know about that. And I'm like, I watched them go to like three new locations and pick up a new relic. I'm like, how is that? I don't understand. I don't understand what they're doing wrong. And like, I just, it's I can't. because people, I don't think I could deal with that live. People <laughs> well, don't realize like how long it takes to do stuff in video games. Oh, yeah. Games are long. Yeah. Like, really so long. They're like, why did it take you like 15 minutes to do this thing? Because yeah. like when you play the game, it feels like it's over in like five minutes. Yeah, and you don't realize like I just sunk like half an hour into this task or whatever. Oh yeah, like, that's yeah. how it goes. Like it's like a big part of it right of, there. Uh, Wasteland and Samaros Three, where in both cases, like I'm doing, I'm going like front to back, and I'm not really making mistakes. I'm just reading what comes up, and I'm just solving the puzzles, and I'm beating the encounters and so on. And people are like, oh my god, it's so taking you so long, and I'm like. That's this is literally how fast the game is, but also edited <laughs> down. Like I've reduced yeah. the duration of the video from how it, how slow the game actually is, and did people just get impatient about stuff? Then don't well, understand. Wasteland's also a fairly slow paced game. Oh yeah. On top of that, but they specifically are complaining that I'm the slow one. And I'm like, no, it's video games are slow, man. I play a whole genre of slow games on my channel all the time. <laughs> it's just how things go. Not everything can be Crash Bandicoot. I, I'm still getting comments, like, today on Digimon of people angry at me because I haven't done certain mechanics or gotten certain Digivolutions. I'm like, <laughs> I beat that game a couple days ago, and I never have to come back to it. 
I'm just going <laughs> to ignore this comment. That's a specific experience that only YouTubers will know, is when you yeah. have a complete playthrough well, of a game, and then someone is live commenting their own experience of watching through the series I've gotten, at their agony I've gotten 10 emails from the same guy in 24 hours. Yeah. The same or, like, guy. Long. Yeah. <laughs> he's, he's watching through the whole series. I'm tracking his progress. He's watching oh, yeah. a lot of videos in a very short period of time. People it's obsessively watch your entire series and complain every episode you don't use a specific me- mechanic. And sometimes it's an optimum thing, and sometimes it's literally arbitrary. Like, they'll just be shouting at you to use a specific party member because they like that one better. Yep. But the series is over, man. (laughs) There's that, and a lot of people want me to switch up to hard mode because the battles are too easy. And then when I do switch up to hard mode, I just lose instantaneously, and I'm like... Because hard mode in most video games is grind mode. Oh, yeah. Well, so this game actually has... Oh, uh, so this game actually just has, like, arbitrary caps on levels. So, like, imagine if in Pokemon you capped out at, you know, 100, but you got up to 100 after, like, you know, maybe an hour or two of grinding. Or you can use, like, some bullshit grinding method to get up there in 20 minutes, uh, which is what I figured out. But all of the opposing Pokemon get up to level, like, 200, 300, something like that. So you have to use, like, cheap, abusive tactics to beat them. Also, half of your attacks don't work on them because bullshit reasons. So it's like you don't you can't even grind to beat this game. You need to grind to beat this game. For me that's the worst thing that happens in any RPG is yeah. when you have attacks that literally stop doing things. Like it's so, one thing if it's yeah. rock paper scissors and you're doing the and you're using rock against the wrong thing and stuff like that. Like I totally am cool with that. But when it's literally mm-hmm. like this is what my character is forever, like so like, like actually for I, me dragon's dogma is one of those cases where like i'm playing i've been playing tons of side quests and i've been doing the entire game linearly and when i get to the bitter black isle area there's whole chunks of the game where you can shoot people with your most powerful attacks and do zero damage and the people are like you gotta stack these paragraphs like there's a, apparently an item that literally multiplies your damage and it's like well <laughs> that seems like shitty like and they're like yeah if you use like four of them you can kill the boss in like two hits and i'm like so it goes from being so that's, hard that it's not fun to being so easy it's not fun. I'm like, why would they balance it that, that way? That just so, really encapsulates a lot of the problems with, like, RPGs, man. Yeah. It, I like, it's I like hard to balance it mechanically so... So, in this like Dark case... Souls nails uh, no, Dark Souls it, is all percentages. It, yeah. Uh, yeah, it, it is. Um, so, I, I just want to explain, like, how this is, like, garbage. Status effects. Imagine if all of the bosses are immune to them. But you're not. And they use them all the time. Yeah. <laughs> so I was up against this really fast guy. He didn't hit very hard, but he was really fast. So it was like, I'll poison him because he'll just keep ticking the poison damage and die because the poison damage goes up and up and up. And like, I learned very early on that this is like actually a good tactic because all the other attacks are boring and dumb. And then maybe three quarters of the way through the game, nobody was poisonable anymore. They're just flat out immune. Um, there's also like speed negatives that you can do to people. So I was going to slow him down. Now I was immune to that, too. So eventually I just made my party so fast that I just acted more than he did and just beat him that way. Uh, You found a way to cheese. I I found a way to cheese. I I literally just copied his tactic because that was the only way I could win. Because if I tried playing it normally, I'd lose. You know, that almost sounds like a... a, 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 uh... (laughs) Like a legit tactic, like a well-designed game when you put it that way. Almost, but it's like, if this is the only tactic that lets you win, all alternatives don't work. I could see, this weird thought just randomly popped in my head, I could see a boxing game being pretty fun if that was the idea. Like, you had to, instead of like what most boxing games are, which is like, you go to the gym, 
you lift weights to get your strength stat up, then you go in and you wail on the guy. Like, if there wasn't grinding, but you had to, like, adapt, like, constantly to, like, what the other boxers were doing. Was a, this wasn't adaption. This was just find the abusive tactic. Right. But I'm saying, like, the only this, way. you could design, like, a really fun boxing game around that idea if it was, like, yeah. it would almost be, like, a puzzle game at that point. How weird but like, is it that once I found out this tactic, is a weird constant mechanic in boxing yeah. games. Yeah. <laughs> well, once I figured out this tactic, that was the only way I could beat the game. Like every boss thereafter was harder and harder, and I see. the only way I could beat it was using this exact tactic because all bosses were dominant immune to stat effects, stat downs. Mm-hmm. But it's not even the dominant strategy; strategy. it was the only strategy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I just felt so dirty because, like, they give you two hundred and fifty Digimon, and. And none of them work. I'm gonna say, I'm gonna say like, uh, maybe. I mean, like if you cut that down to maybe the 50 megas that are available to you, uh-huh. I would say of that so humanoids maybe and armor. 15. Yeah, uh, 15 of them are actually viable, and three to five of them are actually necessary. Uh, and it's really stupid because it's like you have this whole mm-hmm. list, and they're so, all bad. Those character <laughs> designs got boring, right? Like, the tropiness uh, of their, like, it, like where every single baby Digimon is basically, like, a marketable plushie toy, and the super one is shaped like an action figure, so it has to be human-shaped and, and in armor. Yeah. Honestly, the best were the, uh, the the champions and the ultimates. The Megas were mostly humanoid, which I didn't like. I feel like I the mean, core the difference Mega, between Pokemon and, and Digimon, okay. even though Pokemon's super merchandise, of course, is that all every single Digimon li- literally feels like it's a category of merchandise. Yeah, that's yeah. Because like, there is literally the my, plush category. My audience and the heard that point category. and is very angry at you. <laughs> you. You'd mentioned that in one of the other videos, and yeah. several of my Digimon fans were very angry about this. And I was like, "I'm sorry, I'm I right. Mean, right. <laughs> it's a game that's designed to like move product. Yeah, yeah. it's literally like, a property that's... that was invented because another property was successful in merchandise, so they made a competitive merchandise property." It's the Japanese yeah. equivalent of liking Ninja Turtles, which is one of the, like the twenty shows invented in the eighties specifically to sell toys. To the point where a lot of them had toy lines before they had shows or even fiction to base them I on. I found out um, apparently that's Ronald Reagan's fault. <laughs> so it, it used to be that like I, this is the funniest thing. So I guess it used to be that there were certain restrictions placed on how much you could advertise and how you could advertise to children in uh, cartoons. And then in the 80s, Ronald Reagan was like, we don't need this commie shit. So he signed it out. And then all of a sudden, we had Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, G.I. Joe, Barbie. Just everything had, like, shows. Transformers, I guess, would be the big one. Just 500 shows built around merchandise lines more than shows. He man He man Yeah. I mean, an entire memorable plot line that people think of for Transformers, where they killed up a bunch of characters off, was exclusively for the purpose of making a second toy line to replace them. Yeah. Like, and then subsequently driving up the value of the killed-off characters, that's too. That's how cynical children's programming was when we were growing up, and then some of these people will be like, Adventure Time sucks, and it's like... At least it's, <laughs> at least it's on a different... Way more of a soul. Yeah. Like, people grow up on completely like, soulless garbage little groups of, like, four guys, and maybe there's one girl, too. And, like, yeah, people being like, like... I picture... When I watch, like, G.I. Joe now, I picture the writers are smoking a cigar and being like, I love money. How are we gonna get more of it? And, like, and then when it doesn't work, they're did. like, what did we do wrong? Oh, yeah. 
like 80s cartoons are every bit as cynical as watching uh watching a star wars themselves watching the star wars (laughs) prequels and just pointing out every time a new alien shows up that you know is going to be a toy and that's why they made that alien yeah i never saw it i never saw the point of star wars like toys or merchandise they always did it so badly well, that, that was the good, th- the good thing about Star Wars merchandise for the original generation of it was that there was a series of movies that were really popular, so they made toys in response to the movies. The problem with the prequels, well, one of thousands of problems with the prequels was that <laughs> they literally would create things for the prequels for the purpose of making toys. So, like, entire characters... I honestly like- barely saw any, like, merchandise of any of the side alien races. It mostly just felt like... There, there was, was more horrifying quantities of it. Dude. There was tons, so dude. I guess much. I never... I do not go to do toy stores, like, apparently. I remember enough. all of the uh, aliens that were in, like, that death pit that they were in in one of the prequel movies, like, oh, when God. they fought a whole bunch of aliens. Every single one of those aliens was a toy. Uh, I mean, that's just one of the downsides of when Star Wars movies comes out, is that when they're new, you don't have to go to a toy store. Any store yeah. of any kind, there's just Star Wars stuff everywhere. I went to a bookstore the other day, and they're selling Minecraft stuff. Oh yeah, yeah. I, yeah. I well, board, uh, like Barnes and Noble has been stocking like a shit ton of and now like, there's these toy stuff. God, what are they called? Pops. Yeah, I uh, forget what they are. Funko Pops. Funko uh, Pops. Or fun- oh Funko yeah, Pops. Yeah. Funk- Funko. Shell really Pops. wants one of yeah. them, but we've never actually like found one that's worthwhile. So it's just like, nope. I've also got like a Shovel Knight figure and a couple of like those uh, Skylanders toys that actually yeah. like look at least somewhat reasonable. Like. Funko Pops are literally just like dumb bobbleheads. They're bobbleheads designed to be collectible. Oh no! And yeah, dude. And then they just make like limited runs of these things, and then like they do things like where they um where they put a like they'll release like a in like New York City like this one run of Funko Pops, and then it's like oh you know you can then buy from other Funko Pop collectors and stuff like that. Like they create like crazy scarcity. Specifically, just because they know it'll draw people in. Poor Americans and, damn, and our beanie work. baby culture. <laughs> yeah, it like kind of reminds, reminds me of me, that. It reminds me of how my mom collected all the state quarters and put them in a big cardboard map that had sockets for all the state quarters when that was a thing. Like the collectible state uh-huh. quarters were coming out a few years ago. Oh, I broke, yeah, I had I finally those. broke it down and like got that like twelve fifty out of there <laughs> and used it to buy something. <laughs> Like, what am I going to do with a map of fucking state quarters? I don't give a shit. Like, she made it for us so that we could... She made, she was collecting them while we were teenagers or kids or whatever, so that we could have them when we were older. And I'm like, it's, as, me as an adult, I'm like, I could use this to buy lunch. So, thanks for those. Thanks for the years of well, maintaining that stuff so I could buy lunch I mean, lunch that's one the thing. Day. Like, the state quarters, it would take you, like... They, they released one, like, every three months or something like that. Like, who's yeah. going to have the attention span to put together one of those calendars? It's like when someone I buys you Beanie Babies. People <laughs> buy Beanie Babies so that they can be your college fund one day or something. It's like, no. To be fair, I knew, Oh, yeah, I knew some people terrible. that would do that. Uh, <laughs> I, had, I, I had a relative whose college fund literally, like, for her kids, was literally her investing in, liter- like, limited edition Beanie Babies. That didn't work out, And then it? that bubble popped. She's still waiting for the price to peak. Oh, no. Oh, um, bad news. It Aren't a lot of those, like, did. at most, like, worth maybe two to four times as much as they were back then, at best? No, some, <laughs> like, some of them are great. actually worth, like, hundreds to thousands know. of dollars, 
but she's never going to sell them because they're going to be worth even more in the future. But the number oh, no. of buyers is going down. So she's like, yeah. she's worried that nobody will buy them. And it's like, Because yeah. everyone cares is going to die or get them. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yep. And then Guess everyone cares? People like you. Are you going to buy any more? She buys more. No. No. Yeah. Oh. It's kind of a negative fund. It's pretty yeah, bad. What, kind they, of a did, negative fund. Did they not Beanie realize babies. they literally became <laughs> the person they were trying to sell these to in the first place? Instead of it's selling like them? like Bitcoin, dude. Jesus Suck it Christ. In. But, uh, yeah, uh, her, oh, no. her son went into it. The only people that, the only to, people that uh, make money from those sorts of bubbles are the people that, like, cash out, like, early. They get it, they ride the first bubble, they cash out. And then they leave, and then it's and then what happens is all the secondary people that are coming in to make money or whatever buy up everything else, and then they hold okay. on to it for forever. Now here's the, the exact same thing that happened to Bitcoin. Here's the big secret: is that if there's a special trick to make money and everyone knows about it, it doesn't work. Yeah, because by the time son, you uh, get into it, you've already my, you are my, the, fr- the sucker. Yeah, my mother is on the uh, grand jury for Massachusetts for like the next half a year. She's been there for a while. And a lot of them were like large scale lawsuits where like multiple people did like a scam or a Uh fraud thing. And they're all more or less all brought on as like the government either the government or some company has like a class action lawsuit against these people. And so my mother's there. And 90% of the time, these people are like dumb shits that are like me too crimes that saw somebody else doing this thing that did it. And it's just like, she's sitting there. It's like, you know, I had faith in people like making wise decisions in terms of like not committing (laughs) crimes. Nope. And yet here we are. And as you guys talk about this, I'm just like, shit, this just sounds like whatever my mom talks about stuff now. Dude, it's so prevalent. And it shows itself in so many forms. (laughs) Okay. I'm not going to talk to your mom. Just the way, just just the thing where something can be culturally accepted as being a mistake, but then you, it's you realize like oh it's we think that because people did it and still mm-hmm. do it oh no yeah oh yeah. no it's actually it's like youtubing <laughs> with the like sub or sub or yeah. like yeah. you know oh, yeah every hey, day we get people cha- saying subscribe to my channel i'll subscribe to yours i'm like we're neither of us are going to watch those videos so it literally does I nothing got, and they're, I got they three you're requests. the asshole if you tell them that I got three requests to do Scrap Mechanic Collab series yesterday and one email about a Vagante set, uh, series. Most of these people have less than 100 subs. The other one is a makeup channel. I was really confused about that one. Yeah, uh, that's yeah, that's something to be confused about, actually. I mean, it's you, just like two videos or something. But you want to talk only about like, like Faith and Humanity. Something. My most recent person I banned on my channel just because I was, I was frankly just sick of getting emails from their comments. So I was like, eh, they're of no, they're of no worth. I'll just skip this. Was that a... <laughs> They were commenting, what happens, they started watching my series on Invisible Ink uh, Contingency Program, program, whatever it's called, Contingency Plan, I think, the expansion, Uh and the whole thing is that expansion halfway through changes the course of the story in a way that makes the campaign much longer, like, like, probably more than twice as long, actually, and, Uh uh, what happened is the guy is commenting like this guy's an idiot he's not even doing the right campaign he fucked up this entire playthrough like like just leaving comments like that and then he starts commenting in response to every single person's comments he sees saying stuff like oh and my, my character does this and stuff like he's 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 talking like a child that just wants to show off his toys basically talking about how great his little squad of characters in his campaign is and he just keeps like he skips 10 episodes ahead and is talking about like oh my god you're playing the wrong campaign I can't believe how stupid this guy is and I'm like you can't you can't fix people and like you, it's it's amazing no. how dumb 
a lot like a certain percentage of the comments are and uh if anyone sees us get snippy at commenters like you it's really you it'd be it would be fascinating to just see what the type of stuff we deal with sometimes because these are these people are fascinating they're either children or damaged or just don't care dang well on Shut that note yeah maybe. yeah it, it is definitely time to end the uh <laughs> I am hungry. I want food. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, if you want to leave that, a comment that. on this one, go ahead and leave it, and uh, Keith will ban you from his YouTube. <laughs> I don't ban <laughs> mine, apparently. I don't ban people yeah. consistently. <laughs> nah. I ban people who say really off, really fucked up racist stuff out of nowhere, and like say... People that are like immediate, like, oh wow, you're willing to say a comment like that. I don't want you around for the future to see anything else you say From in the future. From what I've heard, like, uh, YouTube has basically all but abandoned the report system. Yeah. So, like, it's... if you want to moderate stuff, it yes. is on you as the channel owner. Yeah. I, like, I have been getting the people... same spam from the yep. same, like, dumb channels for they, ages. They and I'm like, well. Don't even, they don't even automate, like, reported comments anymore. Like, it's yeah. just straight up, like, nothing gets taken down if you report things. So, you could say, like, People are saying that they've reported, like, the most racist and vile things, and YouTube will send back automated emails saying, like, we see nothing wrong with this comment, but thank you for your <laughs> diligence for trying to improve YouTube, like, sent, like, zero minutes later after the oh, report yeah. goes through. <laughs> and so, like, some people... YouTube doesn't those. give a shit about YouTube. I, I, some I, people I, might figure out, I, figure out about censorship or something, but, like, I just feel like it's my role to try to make the community in the comments not just absolutely toxic all the time. So when yeah. people are spouting racist things or just calling everyone fucking retards and stuff like that or just leaving a string of comments where I'm like, wow, this person's going to be unredeemable for the future. I just, and this I is just, why I just we get bitter about commentators. Yeah, we just, <laughs> we just go ahead and shadow ban them and it's easy because it's like, yeah, they, they'll keep commenting. They think they are still commenting, but no one will ever see their comments and it's fantastic. <laughs> so they get to, they get to say horrible things to someone and feel good about themselves, and no one has to deal with it. And then everyone else gets to have nice conversations in the videos <laughs> and move on. I mean, like I always believe in very in very tight moderation. You know, yeah. you just you gotta clamp down on toxicness because it spreads really, really fast. Oh yeah, every People almost every large community banning. is just toxic. The thing is, we don't. I mean, you gotta accept that people are going to be mad at you if you want to moderate your community. Yeah, like once you accept that, it becomes oddly freeing in your mind of just like, oh, I don't yeah. care if racist people are mad at me. <laughs> <laughs> I just accept and that then someone will be like snippy about it, or someone will talk about the Constitution like it's relevant or something. Yeah, freedom of speech, yeah. Yeah, I read from too much the... legal advice. I don't want to get into that. <laughs> freedom of censorship. <laughs> freedom from censorship from the government means that you get to say horrible things to me. No, actually, S someone who is <laughs> mad at me for banning him. Uh, from my Twitch channel because it was infringing on his First Amendment rights, and I'm like, that's not how any of this works. Dude, that's funny as hell. <laughs> I, like, I kind of really wish he funny. kept it up so I could actually share it, but he's like, you can't ban me. I'm gonna get a Twitch admin. You're infringing on my First Amendment rights. And I'm like... <laughs> for like the, the, the context here is that what people don't get is that at the end of the day, commenting on someone's YouTube or Twitch channel is only like one step removed basically from basically being like this is their facebook page so like they have like at the like as far as like control goes they have 100 percent control over who gets to access that thing at the end of the day if people right. are just being shit like you're commenting directly at them no matter what the context or if you're commenting on their video 
and you might mm-hmm. think about it differently, but of course they can they can stop you from commenting on their profile. It's their profile. <laughs> that's at, at the end of the day, that's what it always is. Is, is their YouTube yeah. profile, their Twitch profile? Like it's theirs. Yeah, it's their account these, they registered. These strung from um, personal accounts. Like YouTube yeah. was used to be like basically like a vlogging platform. Like they literally have the equivalent of the thing you're using to comment with. That's that's what you're yep. commenting on them with. That's how all of these sites work. So of course, like it's like getting blocked on Twitter. Like get get out of my face, buddy. You're out of line, and that's not our, a reasonable podcast, way to talk to me. The last hour of every podcast they were record is always such a fascinating thing. We talk <laughs> about the bitter. randomest things. Well, we ran out of video games to talk about. What happens is we see a picture of we were going to play Zootopia, okay, there we go. and we were also going to play. We were also going to yeah, talk, talk about, about our Zootopia podcast, but. Usually, I what we do is we list. scare everyone away with anime talks so that we can talk about anything <laughs> and no one will know. <laughs> I should check uh, out the retention stats on these, but whatever. <laughs> I'm sure it's fine. I'm sure people are watching this to the very, very end, right? <laughs> I should put these online. If, you, if you've seen this to the very end, go ahead and leave a comment with the secret password, which is. Uh, fart sprinkles. Excuse me. Fart, fart sprinkles. Fart sprinkles. There we go. Yeah, Thank you guys. Uh, I'm gonna have fart right. sprinkle comments, <laughs> <laughs> and I'm I'm gonna forget what that was for too. And I'm just gonna be like, why is everyone leaving this comment? <laughs> why is everyone saying You'll fart remember. sprinkles? <laughs> <laughs> oh man, uh, we should have like a like a word. Uh, 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 a a word of the day? A word of the day thing, yeah. So okay. everyone at least walks away having learned something. Oh I'm going to go to dictionary.com. Today's word of the day is fart sprinkles. It's not a word. Don't look it up. <laughs> fart sprinkles. The sprinkles that fly out when thou hast fart. I don't okay, know why and I the podcast. the podcast. The, the King, the James Dictionary. Did you there. just look up fart sprinkles on Urban Dictionary? I don't know. I'm sure it's defined there. Is it the equivalent of shart sprinkles? (laughs) I mean, it's about the same thing. Apparently, fart sprinkles are cupcakes that are farting. That's actually kind of adorable. What? Fart sprinkles. The particles of... uh, It sounds like a death death spank monster. Does no, anyway, no one, anyway. does no one remember that? Yeah. Bird, yeah. Bird like, just looked up the actual definition of fried sprinkles. And oh, we don't no, don't that. do that. It's yeah, a terrible yeah, idea. That wasn't, that wasn't so hot. You guys I are terrible ideas. I'm certainly no longer hungry. <laughs> All right, later chat. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> I don't know why Knackles never showed up. But, uh, he, oh well. he eventually showed up in chat saying, oh, I thought it was supposed to be an hour later because he misread chat. And then he never That's joined. That's actually fair. It oh, happens. Well. Anyway, yeah. guys, thanks for coming to the podcast. Yeah, see ya. <laughs> One day we'll figure out timing and cast and topics. And, a name. and topics. <laughs> a name. I think Koofcast is a fine name. Oh, my okay. God.